last word on health on Today FM. With Benelin non-drowsy chesty coughs. Gets to work fast. Always read the label. Dr. Brian Higgins joins us from Galway for our weekly health spot. And I know when I was off last Thursday, Brian, you spoke about glaucoma. But you want to talk about another cause of preventable blindness, diabetes. And I suppose we should start by, by acknowledging, as a lot of listeners often ask us to, that there are two different types of diabetes, aren't there? Yeah. The, so what diabetes is, it is a me- metabolic condition where the body's no longer able to regulate and control blood sugar levels. Um, but there are two main types, which is type one, which is the type that usually affects younger children. And it's an autoimmune condition that damages the pancreas, the organ that produces insulin. So these kids, generally kids, can no longer produce insulin and they get sick very, very quickly. But for every patient with type 1 diabetes, there's about 10 patients with type 2 diabetes. And this is the type of diabetes we're probably more familiar with. Most of us will know a few people with type 2 diabetes and it's quite common. And it's a really complicated but potentially reversible condition that is associated with a combination of genetic and lifestyle factors where the pancreas either effectively burns out that it can no longer produce insulin or for some reason the insulin that it produces isn't as effective. This reversible thing is of obvious interest to me because as I've said Mm. on this programme a number of times, I'm type 2 diabetic. Uh, I have type 2 diabetes. I was corrected in that by another doctor recently. Um, Anyway, I'm type 2 diabetic. I have type 2 diabetes. Um, How how can it be reversed? Do you have to continue taking the medication? Or if you reverse it, can you stop taking the medication? So this is really interesting because if you think of your causes for type 2 diabetes, think of almost two spheres. So you have your lifestyle sphere, which is the food that you're eating, the exercise that you do, your lifestyle, and then your genetic sphere. And it's it's almost like a Venn diagram. There's an overlap. So if you have, a re- I have patients of mine who are a normal weight, they have a great diet, and but they have a really strong history, family history of type 2 diabetes. So for those guys, we don't actually have a huge amount of room for improvement in their lifestyle and diet so and their diabetes is genetically driven and for those guys that's very hard to reverse but we have some patients who might have a relatively sedentary lifestyle a high carbohydrate intake and who might be obese and for those patients we have kind of a lot of room for improvement from lifestyle factors and for those patients often if they're caught early we can make changes in lifestyle that can actually reverse their diabetes. This listener also pointed out there's also gestational diabetes. Yeah, so gestational diabetes, because pregnancy really um, affects the metabolism and some patients will develop diabetes during pregnancy. And a a large proportion of these patients will go on to develop type 2 diabetes. And probably what it is, is patients are maybe susceptible to diabetes and then the metabolic changes during pregnancy kind of reveals that uh, tendency towards diabetes. Okay, it's serious though, isn't it? And it can't be ignored. It has to be managed because potentially if you don't manage it, you have problems with your eyes, you have problems with your feet and potentially even more serious things to do with hearts and stroke. 
No, absolutely. And the thing about diabetes is it's so common. We're, we're almost used to it. So we forget how, and because it's so treatable, we forget how serious it is when it's either untreated or poorly controlled. And glucose is, is a bit like anything else. It's okay in moderation. And when your glucose levels are, 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 are controlled, uh, blood sugars, glucose isn't problematic. But as your blood sugar levels go higher and higher and higher and higher, they cause an awful lot of inflammation or toxicity. And really, at its core, this affects our blood vessels and it can affect the large blood vessels or it can affect small blood vessels and usually both. Um, and how that happens is the high blood sugar levels, they cause the blood vessels, which are these lovely springy hoses, to lose that elasticity, to lose their spring and start to tighten. So it reduces how blood can be uh, can get into what we call an end organ like the heart the kidneys the skin the eyes the feet um, and then with that reduced blood flow that organ starts to get damaged and when we think of big big blood vessels we're talking about heart attacks and strokes and when we're talking about small blood vessels we're talking about blindness and um, renal failure Talk to me about healing as well, how it can impact with the ability to heal, say, maybe after a relatively minor injury for other people or something like surgery. No, absolutely. Our illness. Um, when you have your, like when we get sick or when we have a surgery, or when we get a cut, our body has to heal. But unfortunately, high blood sugar levels, the inflammation caused by them and the reduce in blood flow really affects the body's ability to heal. So for patients who um for people without diabetes, if they get a scratch on their leg, well, that's probably going to heal up just fine without any intervention. For a patient with poorly controlled diabetes, if they get a scratch on their foot, they have a high likelihood of not only developing a cellulitis or an infection, or maybe that cut won't heal and they might develop what's called a diabetic ulcer. Also for patients who are undergoing elective surgery, it's really important that their diabetes is well controlled because when we're making an incision or affecting an organ, um, the diabetes can really increase the rates of complications of that surgery, be it infection or what's called dehiscence, where the wound literally just can't stitch itself back together. Okay, and we mentioned the eye issues earlier. I mean, what type of conditions can develop if not if there isn't proper treatment? In, in the eyes? Well, yes. we spoke about glaucoma last week and glaucoma is definitely more common in people with diabetes. Traditionally with diabetes, what we're calling it, what we're looking for is what's called diabetic retinopathy. And that's where the blood vessels behind the eye get damaged. And like your, the back of your eyes, the eye is really a big lens with the back, a um, almost like a receptor on it that turns light into an electric signal that our brain then turns back into a picture. And what happens with the diabetes is those nerves and blood vessels get damaged so the signal can't be sent from the eye back to the brain and, and patients can develop this progressive blindness and that's why all patients with diabetes are referred to what's called a diabetic retinal screening program which is an amazing free service that checks the eyes of a diabetic patient or a patient with diabetes um, regularly so that we can really um, diagnose those conditions early and improve the uh, the management of the diabetes to prevent the blindness that can occur. And what about foot care then, particularly for people who might want to, for example, run or be on their feet quite a lot? Yeah, but again, because when we're, if you think of the amount of abuse we give our feet, they take us everywhere. So you cannot uh, use something that much without it getting damaged. And the, the issue isn't the damage that happens, it's the body's ability to heal. And the blood vessels and the nerves that go down to our feet 
are the longest in the body so that the most susceptible to damage. So we get a bit foot obsessed when we're looking after our patients with type 2 diabetes. And if you're a type 2 diabetic, it's probably hard to get out of your GP nurse's office without her getting uh, without him her getting you to take off your shoes and your socks and check your sensation with a little filament and check your vibration sense and really check the uh, the health of that skin. Because we do know that it's so much harder for patients with diabetes and poorly controlled diabetes to heal, it's really important that we identify problems early so that there's less healing required. Okay, and we have a listener here who says, I'm 48 and I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes this year. Apparently getting yeah. COVID could have triggered it or even the vaccine, could it? <sighs> the... Type 1 diabetes is a lot more common in younger people, but it's only more common. It still happens in people in their 30s, their 40s and their 50s. And what it is, is an immune, it's an autoimmune condition where the body develops antibodies against the parts of the pancreas. Now, anything, we do think that viral infections, um, not necessarily COVID, COVID is a viral viral infection like all others, can, for some reason, when the body tries to fight COVID, that, or any virus, the chemicals it produces to fight that can get confused with the illness it's trying to fight against and your own natural cells. And even when the illness is gone, can continue to fight your own bad body. And that's what an autoimmune condition is, in essence. Um, I, I, I don't, I haven't heard anything about it being in relation to, to a vaccine. Yeah, but it could, any anything that's, uh, any illness can potentially be linked to a um, an autoimmune condition. Okay. But immunology is its own specialty and very complicated and I wouldn't pretend to be an expert. Thank you very much, Dr. Brian Higgins, GP in Galway, for joining us here on The Last Word of Today FM. The Last Word on Health on Today FM. With Benelin non-drowsy chesty coughs. Gets to work fast. Always read the label.